BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Dr. Gina. Welcome to Primetime. Our benevolent bureaucratic overlords at the CDC let us know that it is okay for your children to return to school as long as they are masked up and kept three feet apart, except during times when they should be kept six feet apart, and except during times where they can have their masks off for the reasons that they say they can have their masks off. Otherwise, they have to have their masks on and be three feet apart when they don't have to be six feet apart or have their masks off. Got that? Anyway, let's watch a little of the CDC briefing today and see if we can decipher what the heck America school children are supposed to be doing. Today, CDC is pleased to update our recommendations for physical distancing between students in classrooms in our K-12 operational strategy. Specifically, in elementary schools, CDC is now recommending that all students remain at least six feet apart in classrooms where everyone is wearing a mask. In middle and high schools, CDC is also recommending that students be at least three feet apart in classrooms where everyone is wearing a mask and the community level of risk is low, moderate, or substantial. So young children who are the least susceptible to COVID should be kept six feet apart. Older children who are more susceptible can be as close as three feet apart. Are you following this? But there are more rules. Hang on. Here we go. Because COVID-19 is spread more likely among older students, CDC recommends that middle and high school students should be at least six feet apart in communities where COVID-19 risk is high, unless cohorting is possible. So elementary school children, six feet, junior high and high school, three feet, except when they should be six feet apart. None of this has anything, anything to do with science. Children should never have been taken out of schools in the first place. And the CDC is just trying to make it up as they go along because they don't know what they're talking about, obviously, or there would be a consistent message with studies based behind, with studies behind it that it's based upon. So they're being arbitrary, just like the rest of Fauci and all the whole lot of them who are trying to tell you what to do and make your life complicated, difficult, and uh, very, very obscurely complicated. I don't know, I said complicated twice, but I really can't believe that they're still trying to impose these kinds of bizarre restrictions on all of us that are so complicated, there's no way a teacher or a child, let alone a child, could ever figure that out. Although, I still don't even mind that public schools were closed because maybe that temporarily halted the anti-American indoctrination being driven into the minds of our children, so that's a good thing. And hopefully, more people will choose homeschooling where they can actually ensure that their children will not be indoctrinated by leftists in the public schools or private schools because a lot of people are choosing private schools. I know all the private schools here in Florida have a big long wait list and our schools weren't even mostly closed. 
for the bigger, greater part. So it's like Dennis Prager says, if you send your child to public school these days, you have a 50-50 chance of your child being indoctrinated into hating their parents and hating their country. And no matter how you slice it, that's not a good thing. Now, someone who's not afraid to question the CDC's ridiculous recommendation is Senator Rand Paul. He schooled, absolutely owned Mr. Dr. Fauci in a Senate hearing, and it went a little something like this. You're and telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity, and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine yeah. or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, you it's had not. The vaccine, and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let, let let's get down to the facts. Now, I would encourage you. I have this posted on my social media, especially on Twitter at Real Dr. Gina. If you have not watched this video clip in its entirety, I literally considered playing all seven and seven some minutes on this show because it was so good, so good that uh, it is worth watching in its totality because it doesn't matter what Fauci came back with. Dr. Paul had him on every single term, on every single medical fact, on every single study, evidentiary question. It was amazing. It was absolute. It was the kind of poetry that I love. If there's poetry for Gina, if there's something that's romantic to me, whatever that was, that's it. <laughs> anyway, we have... Don't send me Valentine's. Send me great clips of Rand Paul owning Dr. Fauci. Anyway, we have more on this epic exchange later in the show. You definitely want to stick around for that. D.C. is becoming famous for arbitrary rules. And another one of their arbitrary rules is the rule that pot use is not allowed by White House staff. Even previous use of the drug is not even allowed if it was done before working at the White House. Forbes reports, the double standards here are just absolutely brain-twisting. Forbes reports that several White House staffers with past marijuana use have been asked to resign, even though most of the Democrat elected leaders have smoked pot, including Biden's former boss back there at the White House, Barack Obama, including Kamala, who bragged about smoking pot while listening to Tupac and Snoop in college, even though Tupac and Snoop were in diapers when she was in college, but we're just going to try to forget about that lie. Fact is, the party of drug legalization controls the White House, and they are firing people for smoking pot before their employment at the White House. I'm going to ask former White House Deputy Press Secretary Hogan Gidley all about this coming up here in a few. I honestly think it gets down to just they love to control people. They don't even care what they're controlling people for. It doesn't matter if it's about putting something on your face, wearing something on your head, how far your kids can stand apart in various places, or whether you smoke pot, even if they're advocates of it. Remember, they're the ones who kept pot shops open while they closed churches and breweries, right? So let's not pretend like these people are anti-pot. They're not basing any of this on science either. Like they base absolutely none of their decisions on science. Oh, I could go on all day. Literally started looking at this stuff at 4 a.m. Couldn't stop because it's just so rich. It's so rich. And I can't even imagine how the leftists who actually voted for this clown show are dealing with it because you know they don't agree with half of this stuff. All right, let's take our nightly trip around America to our hosts and correspondents 
who are on the ground. First to Jessica Rivera at our RAV headquarters in Denver, Colorado. Jessica, happy Freedom Friday to you. Thank you. Same to you, Dr. Gina. And before I get into my story, I wanted to just say I know exactly what we're going to get you for Valentine's next year. Uh, you will love it. But anyways, Dr. Gina, earlier today, as President Joe Biden boarded Air Force One on his way to Atlanta, Georgia, he could be seen stumbling and or falling. I'm going to let the viewers and you decide. Take a look. After seeing this, my first thought was, of course, concerned because I am human. Secondly, I wondered where was anybody to help him because there for a split second, I really thought the president was going to be rolling down those stairs. But finally, after he looked to hobble to the plane and he looked well, I thought, I haven't seen this play on mainstream media and this didn't just happen. And Dr. Gina, we know if this had been President Trump, this would have been breaking news. I mean, they would have gone with this story all day long, wall to wall. For example, when President Trump walked very carefully because there was no handrail after the West Point graduation last yeah. year in June. Here it is, if you don't remember, I want you to, I want our people in the studio, or if they can take that full so that everybody can clearly see. As you can see, there isn't a fall, there isn't a slip, even a misstep. Rather, it's very obvious that President Trump was walking carefully, as anybody should, because there was clearly no handrail to hold onto. But the mainstream media went to town with headlines like, Trump says slippery ramp, lack of handrail caused shaky walk. Well, yeah, it did. And President Trump's West Point walk sparks questions about his health, and even Trump struggles at West Point graduation and celebrates his 74th birthday. But what have we heard or seen about President Biden's literal slip and fall today? Crickets, nothing. I've absolutely only seen it run here on our network. So I don't care what side you're on, the right, the left, the center, no side at all. This is beyond proof that legacy media is biased and absolutely loved to attack President Trump for anything, literally anything and everything. Dr. Gina. Just no question about that, Jessica. And, uh, you know, why do I have a feeling that their answer to this won't be to change any of their reporting and actually make it balanced? Um, but I have a feeling instead we just won't get to watch Joe Biden get on an airplane anymore because this is not his first fall. Uh, he has already, he's only been there for a few weeks and he's already fallen up and down the stairs, I think, already. So it, obviously, you know, he's got a gait issue, which is very typical in a diminishing capacity that he's obviously in. And that's not a diagnosis. That's just what pretty much everybody accepts to be basic evidentiary truth. Um, and so I think that we can probably plan that much like press conferences, much like not taking questions from the press, much like the fact that he is completely missing from the press pool notes because he doesn't do anything at all, ever, hardly. Um, I think he'll just be missing those uh, shots of that we're used to of our president getting on an airplane will just be no longer. And we'll just have to accept that there is even less transparency, if that's possible, with this administration than there was before. Thanks for this report, Jessica. You're welcome, absolutely. And I wouldn't be surprised if we start heading towards him just sitting in a chair and having Zoom uh, you know, uh, speeches for us, because that's, it looks like that might be safer at this point.
Yeah, well, I mean, then he's got the prompter, and he, you know, he can have the people in his ear like we know he does, and he can have the whole people around him, and they can always maybe even record it, um, which is, I think, where we're going to end up because uh, it seems that for whatever reason, they're trying to keep him there for a while. Prop sure. him up and keep him there. All right, Jessica, thank you so much again. Have a great weekend. You too, Dr. Gina. Thanks. Now let's head out to Washington, D.C. to the host of Just the News AM, Sophie Mann. Go ahead, Sophie. Hey there. So President Biden's most recent nominee to find herself in hot water throughout her nomination process is Vanita Gupta, who was nominated to serve as the Associate Attorney General of the United States. What she's found herself in trouble for in recent days are a number of ethical complications created by her family's wide array of corporate interests. Most recently, Gupta has pledged to sell off her stocks worth up to $55 million in a company called Aventor, which her father, Raj Gupta, is the chair of. What that company is in a little bit of trouble for is that they've been linked to the sale of a chemical that drug cartels in Mexico use for the mass production of heroin. So this is a problem for a variety of moral and ethical reasons, but also specifically because in the past, Gupta has advocated for the decriminalization of heroin and methamphetamines possessions. She, though she says now that this is not actually a conflict of interest, despite the fact that the company Aventor would stand to make a number of profits from a policy such as that going into effect. Uh, Gupta is also linked to another company chaired by her father called Aptiv PLC, which is an international auto parts manufacturer. The thing about that company is that they've been found to pay some of their Mexican employees as little as $1.30 per hour, which very much conflicts with Gupta's fiery and uh, fiercely public state statements that in the past that she very much supports the $15 minimum wage. So maybe she should let her dad know about that. But at present, she still appears to be the benefactor of a number of financial investments in companies that it conflict exactly with some of the moral and ethical stances she's taken in the past. We will see how this continues to play out in the House and Senate, or the Senate mainly, um, as her confirmation procedure continues. All right, thank you so much. And coming up, Vladimir Putin has issued a challenge to Joe Biden, and we're going to tell you about it up next, right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Back in a moment. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back, everybody. Joe Biden hasn't had a very good week. Yesterday, he made another gaffe where he called Kamala the president. Now, when President Harris and I took uh, a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona not long ago. And today, he fell as he attempted to climb the stairs of Air Force One. He is just having problems. I mean, we all do fall. We all age, and sometimes we trip and fall regardless of age. Uh, but when Joe, uh, you know, is climbing those stairs on Air Force One, and you see that happen, you can't help but gasp. I personally was worried 
we were all witnessing a fall that could have left the leader of our country permanently injured. I don't even want to consider the possibility of what a potential fall like that down the stairs of Air Force One could have meant for our country and for the life of Joe Biden and Biden's mix-up of calling Kamala the president yesterday, stumbling on Air Force One today and before that, uh, comes, of course, on the heels of relentless taunting, really, from our enemies, um, including Russian President Vladimir Putin. Putin spoke to reporters in Moscow and challenged Biden to what might be considered a debate. He called it a discussion because Putin knows what we all know. Joe Biden is not exactly at the top of his game. Here with me now to discuss former White House Deputy Press Secretary Hogan Gidley. Hogan, good to see you. Good to see you, Gina. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Always great to have you. Hogan, when it comes to a challenge between Putin and Biden, or really <laughs> pretty much any world leader for that matter, I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be Team America, always going to be Team America, even right. if I believe the election wasn't on the up and up, even though I disagree with him vehemently on, I can't think of anything I don't disagree with him vehemently on, um, I am Team America. And I am not on the side of our enemies. I won't be like those horrible Twitter trolls out there who just antagonized our American president constantly and made our enemies, um, you know, maybe double take on our president. But it would sure be nice if the establishment hadn't forced another weak politician into the White House, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I think there are two different things here. Listen, we all trip, as you just said. We all stumble from time to time, whether it be over our words or over steps. I have walked up those steps many times on Air Force One. You play a picture in your intro where you were on Air Force One. You've walked up those steps too. Yes, falling down those steps would be very, very detrimental to anyone who did it, much less the President of the United States. What I don't like is that that's the image that other countries see. What we want is right. a strong, forceful, secure America. Joe Biden just doesn't emote those types of Thoughts. When other world leaders look at this country, they see somebody in Joe Biden who can't get through simple sentences, who can't complete total thoughts uh, in, in any type of press conference situation whatsoever. And look, it's obvious someone like Vladimir Putin is going to try and needle the, the leader of the free world, uh, whoever that may be, sitting behind the resolute desk in the Oval Office. In this particular instance, it's Joe Biden. We want a strong America. We want a president who can stand up to any foe. Sadly, though, I just don't know that Joe Biden can do it. And what you hit on there, I think, is probably the most important point, which is he is an empty vessel. It's what we've been saying all along. There's a reason he has said President Harris many times, because he is just a puppet for the radical left, of which Kamala Harris is a member. And so when he pushes these radical socialist communist agenda items, it's because he's beholden to the radical left. We've seen it time and time again. And sadly, that's what's in store for this country for the next four years. We have uh, President Xi of China saying uh, that, frankly, America is not in a position uh, to negotiate from uh, you know, a position of power at all. I'm, I'm definitely paraphrasing there, but he said something right along those lines. It was very flippant, um, and it was really demoralizing, frankly. You would have never, ever heard those words, Hogan, with Donald Trump in the White House. We also, of course, um, I'm not sure if we have the clip or not, but we also, of course, have um, 
Putin um, challenging, literally challenging Joe Biden, knowing good and well Joe Biden isn't of the mental competency. This is not a secret that we've kept within our borders. Um, you know, knows he's not of the mental competency to debate him. Um, so we have we have our world leading enemies making fun of America right now for electing <clears throat> electing this administration, which is incompetent beyond Joe Biden. Remember, Kamala Harris wasn't exactly the popular favorite of even right. the Democrats. And so even she, you know, has to be the laughing stock. But we have Joe Biden at the top there who really doesn't seem to know where he is in, in, at any given moment. And then, you know, you look at the way the press is treating this. And this is your area of expertise. You've dealt with the press like no one else. And I remember the time when President Trump was leaving, um, uh, speaking, I believe it was at West Point, and he was going down the ramp. And, um, and, and he, there was no handrail at all. And I don't believe there were stairs on that ramp, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And I also believe it was raining that day, if I remember correctly. And if correct me on any of this that I'm wrong on, I'm going from memory here. And um, there was no handrail. And it was the absolute talk of the next entire news cycle. Hogan, after this trip happened, walking up the stairs, which is hard to do, although I have tripped going upstairs. I'm going to admit that right now. But um, after this trip happened, with him falling three times going up the stairs, that's not a normal thing to happen. Um, there was virtual silence on the part of all the alphabet soup media. How do they even explain this to you? You know these people. You can't. Uh, look, it would be nice if the American people would rally around their president, regardless of who it is, when someone trips and stumbles, as you just mentioned. Donald Trump walked down that ramp, no railing whatsoever. He has slippery dress shoes on. He's got to slide his way down there. There were no steps. It was just a ramp. You're right. right. There was a, a weather issue as well. It was very windy out there, too. And the media ripped him for it. It's not just about how these two men have moved around uh, steps and ramps and navigated those things over the past decades uh, in political office for Joe Biden just for the last four with, with Donald Trump. Donald Trump knows any slip up, you know, metaphorical or, or literal, the media will pounce on him. They did so in this instance. But the media, forget the American people who should rally around their American president and defend them against the likes of, of President Xi or, or of Vladimir Putin. The media went after Donald Trump every single time. I got questions about his mental capacity. He's not looking well. He's not moving well. They are rallying behind Joe Biden as if three trips up the stairs on the way to Air Force One is a normal thing. And that just happens to everybody. The excuses they make for him are absolutely ridiculous. And I will say, I was in Biarritz, France. I sat across the table from President Xi, right behind the president in one of the bilateral uh, meetings he, we had with China. The tone and tenor of that meeting, much different than how they're talking about Joe Biden. They knew they had a strong commander in chief who understood not just the global issues, but the issues that mattered to the American people. The America first policy was going to trump, forgive the, forgive the pun, Everything else is related to dealing with foreign leaders. President Xi knew that. Vladimir Putin knew that. I was there for that one as well. But now we have a different president, Joe Biden, who is completely beholden to China, has been for decades. 
his own son, raked in millions of dollars from that communist regime too, still has holdings, still has money involved in Chinese companies. That's a serious problem. And we now know the Communist Party, the Communist government of China, understands what they have in Joe Biden. Someone like the left can be a puppet for them. And that's problematic for the American people who stand to suffer the most in that type of arrangement. What are, I, I, I mean, I hate to think how vulnerable that makes us, Hogan, but you've been there and seen it firsthand. How vulnerable does this make us? I, I mean, can you put it into words and, and can you make predictions on what kinds of stunts these people might pull knowing what they know and thinking so disrespectfully of our administration right now? Well, look, I think it's pretty normal for other regimes, other leaders to try and test the United States in some way to figure out just what they're dealing with in their leaders. They tested Donald Trump, again, not just President Xi and Vladimir Putin. I sat in bilateral meetings with our president, Donald Trump, and many other leaders from around the world, and they wanted things from Donald Trump. They asked for help. They understood his grasp of uh, economics. They understood his grasp of, of understanding the American people and what they wanted out of their government and making sure they weren't gonna skate by anymore on, on uh, you know, America taxpayer dimes. They had to foot the bill themselves. That's what Donald Trump brought to the table that I don't think a lot of people or pundits uh, or, or members of the mainstream media quite understood. It's something we rarely talk about, but it's so important and so impactful. The America uh, people, were the world's piggy bank for far too long. This president, Donald Trump, talked about that back on Oprah Winfrey in the 80s, for heaven's sakes. He sure brought that to the table, the literal table, when they had those conversations with foreign leaders. Now we have someone who really seems to placate to the foreign community before he's concerned about the American people. And now we've turned back into the world's piggy bank, and that's a serious issue. Well, and laughing stock, sadly. Jonathan Carl from ABC News, Hogan, was on The View, and he made excuses for Biden hiding from the press and actually said it was the smart thing to do. Listen. Well, it's all about turning the temperature way the heck down, uh, Megan. I mean, uh, you know, Joe Biden doesn't feel like he needs to be out there dominating the news every day. Uh, he's not out there picking uh, fights with, uh, with, with Republicans. He's not out there picking fights with, with, with the press. Uh, you know, I think that the, the lack of press conferences uh, is because he, he doesn't want to be dominating the news right now. He wants to get back to a, a, a new sense of normal uh, where the, the chaos and the crisis and the drama in the West Wing of, of, of the White House isn't dominating the world's attention. You gotta love the spin there, Hogan, but what do you make of that? Uh, yeah, I didn't know John Carl was working for the administration. Listen, I've known John Carl for a long time. I was just texting him the other day on a, a separate topic. This is the first time I've actually seen that clip, but I have been in meetings with the White House Press Corps board, of which he was a member, and they wanted more access. They clamored for more time with the president, even though Donald Trump gave them from sunup till sundown, hours at a time, they were more exhausted. The staff was more exhausted than Donald Trump could ever be. And now he's on the view defending the behavior of Joe Biden, who refuses to give a press conference to the American people, to the press corps, when all they did was attack Donald Trump. And when he gave days in a row, 
10, 15 days in a row of press access, and he took two days off, people on that board, including John Carl, were upset by that, and they wanted more, and they wanted to know if the president was okay, if he was sick, if he was ill, why wouldn't he do more press? Now he's saying because of Joe Biden being in the White House, it's okay, it's a prudent thing to do to stay uh, in, in, in the White House and not give access to reporters at the border, to go to bed at seven o'clock at night, to not have a press conference in an unprecedented fashion, that's somehow okay now because Joe Biden is in the White House? I'm sorry, that's infuriating to no end and it shouldn't be tolerated by anybody. The president of the United States is beholden to the American people. This president, Joe Biden, is beholden to the radical left, the communists, socialists, who want to take over and remake this country into some type of post-apocalyptic hellscape, and he doesn't have the decency or courtesy to have a press conference to try and explain exactly what his mentality is when he's overturned all of the issues at the border, for example, and now we have record-setting numbers of people pouring into this country during the time of a global pandemic. I'm sorry, give me a break. The press need to be clamoring for this administration and this president to face the music, to be transparent, and to talk to them more often. The American people deserve it. We know it. We need explanations as to why we can't afford gasoline anymore, why our jobs are gone, and why our borders are being flooded with people who have COVID and are being allowed into our American communities. I'm sorry, it makes me sick to my stomach to watch that clip. I want to ask you about this report that uh, White House staffers were fired from their jobs for previous pot use. And I know that you were also asked about drug use when you began your White House employment. But what can you tell us about the White House policy on drug use and how this lines up with the, you know, the fact that Kamala Harris bragged about smoking pot? The fact that we know that a lot of the folks who are doing the firing have also smoked pot or advocated for it. What do you make of sure. this? It's, it's hypocritical to say the least, but look, I, I think as a staffer, if the reports are true and they were told coming into the White House, it's okay if you smoke marijuana, and then when they answered the form um, uh, truthfully and said they did, and then they got fired afterwards, that's obviously a problem. But that form asks you specifically, when you smoke marijuana, when have you used uh, illicit drugs, how long ago was it? And you're told to tell the truth because this is a government document. In many instances, you're, you're filling out FBI forms. So you can't lie to the federal government. You can't lie to the FBI. You have to be truthful. And, and when, when you are, uh, you know, and they find out that these people in the Biden administration ha have, in fact, done drugs, then there's a ramification for that. And that's being taken out of your post at the White House. But the real question has to be asked, and it's obvious, and I've seen it on Twitter all day long, what does that mean for the vice president of the United States who bragged about using drugs on a radio program, who bragged about um, substance abuse in the past? So that's a concern I think that a lot of people uh, have because the policy is not consistent. It's more hypocrisy from the left. Uh, we've seen it time and time again, and I imagine we'll see it a whole lot more between now and the next four years. But look, as a former White House staffer, I do feel for those who were told by their higher ups it's okay, you're gonna be fine, tell the truth and everything's gonna work out. You're still going to have a paycheck and still be employed and the exact opposite happened. 
I have one last question, and I'm sorry to keep you so long, but you, you, it is fascinating to talk to you because you do have an inside perspective that not many people do. Um, the press pools, I've been reading those, and I've always read them. I've read, the, I read them when Donald Trump was president, of course, and his, his press pools were ridiculous. All day long I was notified about the kajillion activities that Donald Trump was doing all day long. Right. Now when I read the press pool reports, is, it is the vice president did this, the vice president did that, she spoke to this women's group, she did this, she did that. Um, it's you know she does a you know respectable amount of, of things. Um, there's nothing about the president, Hogan. What do you make of this? Well, everything that the press reported on Donald Trump in those in those press pool reports actually were um, a lot of times snarky, depending on who the pool reporter at the time was. So you have a, a print pooler that that kind of aggregates what the, the daily goings on of the president, the vice president are, and they send those pool reports out. In this particular instance, it's very interesting that it's Kamala Harris uh, who, who tends to get top billing. But again, she gets top billing by the president himself when he points to her as being the president, even the though president. Of course, she is the vice president. That's right. So, you know, if Donald Trump had kept the schedule that Joe Biden did, where he didn't come to work until mid-morning and then went to bed at seven o'clock, um, they'd say he was lazy. They say his health was a factor. They say he didn't really care about the job. But they've yeah. characterized Joe Biden as just good old hardworking Uncle Joe who goes to bed at 7 p.m. every night, throws a log on the fire every once in a while, has vanilla ice cream, talks about his two dogs, and then wakes up in the morning and looks at his wife and says, hey, where am I? And that's something the, pre the press, for whatever reason, thinks is, is not just virtuous, but somehow endearing. But Donald Trump, who worked from sunup to sundown and way into the wee hours of the morning most every night, is somehow a problem. I think the American people appreciate hard work, and that's what Donald Trump brought to that office, and it looks like Joe Biden isn't bringing it to the office, and the real question is, why? Is it because he can't? Is it because he won't? Is it because he doesn't want to? Those are all issues that if Joe Biden did have a press conference, which I guess we're going to in a few days, maybe they can ask him that question, although I wouldn't hold your breath. All right, Hogan Gidley, thank you so much, so much wisdom. Uh, you really did learn a lot there, and it really is valuable to us trying to surmise what's going on now. Thanks again. The left is eating their own. Cancel culture has come for Democrats for their former tweets. Should we rejoice or should we stand by them against the cancel culture? <laughs> There's a dilemma. We're going to discuss up next. We're Dr. Gina Prime time after this. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back. It's a day that ends in Y. It happens to be Freedom Friday, but uh, that means no matter what day of the week it is, the cancel mob is on the march. So it's time for another cancel culture segment. Leftist journalist and former MSNBC contributor Alexi McCammond was ready to start her new job as an editor at Teen Vogue. But the cancel mob went through her old tweets from a decade ago. They found out that she had tweeted some racist tweets she made during her college days. She's now 27 years old and she was seen as a rising star in journalism. In fact, two years ago, the National Association of Black Journalists named her Emerging Journalist of the Year. So, 
Should conservatives come to the defense of this woman who spent the Trump years criticizing conservatives? Or should the right rejoice that the cancel mob ate one of their own? Here with me now to discuss Mandy, Mag Maggie Vandenberg. I bet someone else has made that mistake Everyone. Before. Steve Bannon <laughs> probably makes it twice a week. You know what? I kind of am like, Mandy Vandenberg has a better ring to it. Maggie Vandenberg? I'm like... That, I like Maggie. I, Maggie, I, Maggie, I, I like that Maggie. before, but today that's actually... Yeah. Happened. What do you think of this whole thing? You know, it's outrageous. It's just so, um, you know, it's sad, but it's also, it's, it's funny because I have mixed feelings. On the one hand, I kind of delight when the left eat their own and they created these obnoxious rules and then they hold each other there to these standards of their cancel culture. Of their own ridiculousness. Exactly. Yes. And, but I just feel like this has become the virtue signaling Olympics where I don't even know... How many people are actually offended by something that this woman said 10 years ago? Keep in mind, you know, I think she was 17, 18 years old. Right. And now, granted, what she tweeted wasn't great, but, like, do we not believe in people being able to evolve, to change, to grow? Right. So it's, you know, it's a kind of argument that you just, on the one hand, I hate to see it, but on the other hand, it is funny to watch them. You know, it, reminds, one me, it reminds me a lot of the whole um, transsexual women being men being able to compete in women's sports and they've gotten themselves you know the feminists you know they've got to be mad but they, but for by and large they're such liberals such pro-aborts that they can't join with the right and take the right side of that and say no women's women deserve to have their sports defended so they're just they're they're hand-tied there's yeah. nothing they can do and this is another example just like that where they're the ones who have created this ridiculous no matter what you tweeted 20 years ago you're going to be held accountable and fired for it so now they have to live with the bed they made, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. Maybe maybe she should be celebrating because I feel like Teen Vogue is trash. I can't stand True. Teen Vogue. So Good maybe point. she just saved her career. I don't know. But, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's sad on the one hand to see, but, um, you know, I just can't anymore with these people with the cancel culture. And to me, I just feel like more people should stand up. Don't apologize. When people, when the mob comes after you, I feel like that's my best advice that I would give to a leftist or to a conservative. Just don't apologize because you could, or look at Joy Reid, right? Joy Reid just said that I got hacked. So, you know, this Teen Vogue editor, maybe she should have just said, my Twitter was hacked 10 years ago and just it would all go away. It's kind of pathetic. And, and, and you realize, too, that, you know, whenever it's one of them, they're not going to come after them on the same level that they would go after the person. Of course, if it were a conservative, she'd already be gone. She'd already yeah. be annihilated. Her family would be getting death threats. Uh, they'd be, you know, Joe and Kamala would be taking the stage to make speeches about it and uh, meet with groups and probably would have blamed her for the shootings. God only knows what all they would have done. Well, what's so outrageous is I feel like Joe Biden has said things while he was actually in office this, right you know and it's like where's the cancel culture mob with that why aren't they going through things that he said when he was actually a senator or vice president and uh, why aren't they canceling Joe Biden that's what I want to know this woman was a private citizen she was a young woman she made some stupid ugly tweets and you know Where's the, where's the standards? And it also reminds me, Maggie, of, of another dilemma we're hearing about right now where they're firing people for smoking pot. When Kamala bragged about smoking pot, how do you go to work for someone who you know brags about smoking pot and think that it's not okay to smoke pot and then you tell the truth on your form and you get fired for it? It's outrageous. I also thought this was a party that was supposed to be uh, accepting and tolerant of these kind of things. So I just don't know what to think anymore. I, I don't know. The left continually surprised me. But I just, I'm done with the cancel culture. I, I'm, I will just let it go. I would love it to see the left say, hey, yeah. maybe let's move on and be a little bit more forgiving of people. It is interesting to be on the other side of so much of this, yeah. you know, because we can be honest and say, you know what, 
even though she's a liberal, I don't think she should be canceled. Mm -hmm. And even though Joe Biden is looking like a fool in front of the entire world right now, I'm still Team America. And that generally is the way that it seems like most conservatives are reacting. And, and I'm kind of proud of that. How about you? I think I think we're we're still on the right side. At least of our history. message is consistent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, Mandy Vick, Vandenberg. I'm gonna get it right. Why can't I say it today? Good gosh, it's not like I've never had you on the show before. <laughs> Suddenly I can't say your name. I'm Mandy today. I like it. It's that Friday feeling. I don't know. <laughs> Coming up, we're gonna show you the roasting that Rand Paul delivered to Anthony Fauci. It's brutal. It's epic, and I loved it. That's next right here on Doctor Jesus Practice. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. Rand Paul schooled Anthony Fauci on mask science, and it was epic. Here with us now to watch, Bruce Lavelle. Bruce, great to have you. Thanks for being with us. Happy Friday, Dr. G. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy I call it Freedom Friday on this show because I, I like know. to talk about freedom and pretend that we still have some. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. All right, Bruce, we've got this first clip here of Senator Rand Paul absolutely teaching Fauci a thing or two. Here we go. You're and telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have? that people that have had the vaccine yeah. or have had the infection are spreading the infection. If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, if it's you've not. If the vaccine and you're wearing two masks, isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let, let, let's get down to the facts. The thing is that when you talk about reinfection and you don't keep in the concept of variance, that's an entirely different ball game. That's a good reason for a mask. In the South African study, conducted by J&J, &J, they found that people who were infected with wild type and were exposed to the variant in South Africa, the 351, it was as if they had never been infected before. They had no protection. So when but Bruce, Dr. Paul does not let up. He keeps showing his medical prowess, saying, show me the science, show me the study. And I feel like that's all I say on this show every single day, but he did it for us, watch. Significant reinfection. What study shows significant reinfection, hospitalization and death after either natural infection or the vaccine? It doesn't exist. There is no evidence that there are significant reinfections after vaccine. In fact, I don't think we have a hospitalization in the United States after the two-week period after the second vaccination. Yeah, we don't have a death in the United States. You're not hearing what I'm saying about variants. We're talking about wild type versus variants. And what, now, proof is there, what proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants? None in our country. Zero. Well, because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet. We're having... So we're supposed to keep wearing masks, I think, just forever, because theoretically, there could someday be a prevalence of a variant of the virus. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you know, uh, if I recall right, Rand Paul has an MD degree also. So he understands the science probably just as good as the average American citizen and then so. But listen, this is another example of Dr. Fauci. He has stayed, he's passed his time. As they say in the church, it's time for you, Dr. Fauci, to go sit down somewhere because you ain't making yeah. no sense. <laughs> you know? So, you know, but really, That's Dr. Exactly this right. is a travesty. But, you know, listen, he's probably going to come out saying you have to put three masks on. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they just put a CDC just said now the kids can be three feet apart. So who, yeah. who knows? I, you know, this is just, well, I don't know. It can be three feet apart, except for sometimes when they want them to be six feet apart. And you can wear a mask, <laughs> but sometimes you need to wear two masks. And sometimes you need to wear a certain kind of a mask. And now we're finding out that breathing the fibers from certain kind of masks can be very dangerous. Oh. So now you shouldn't wear masks sometimes. But you remember they all said from the beginning that we shouldn't be wearing masks at all because we found out during, I guess, the um, Spanish flu that uh, people died later from wearing the masks but we covered up all those studies on all the big tech, except for DuckDuckGo. You can still find the studies, thank God. Um, so, Bruce, I, you know, it's just, it's mind-boggling. Fauci hasn't been right about one thing. He hasn't been consistent about one message. Um, but we have one more clip to watch here. Kevin, that's becoming more dominant. policy based on conjecture. No, you it, have the it isn't based on conjecture. So you, some, you want people to wear a mask for another couple of years. No. You've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show. No. You can't get it again. There's almost, there's virtually 0% chance you're gonna get it, and yet you're telling people with them that have had the vaccine, who have immunity. You're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask to have been vaccinated. No. Instead, you should be saying, there is no science no. to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You wanna get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they can quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. Okay. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. Thank yeah. you, Dr. Paul. I mean, what would we do without him? But you know, even more excruciatingly unbearable than this is the fact that they don't ever talk about the fact that the disease itself is pretty much curable with therapeutics at this point. Now, for every age bracket, I had a doctor here on this show say it is close to 100% curable regardless of your yep. age or pre-existing conditions unless you're in some extremely frail state, um, in which case you probably don't want to get the vaccine anyway because God knows what a vaccine's going to do to you if you're in an extremely frail state. So at this point, uh, you know, even the virus itself, Bruce, isn't that dangerous. So maybe we should just, you know, if you're going to get that shot, you should be able to get rid of the doggone mask, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. But here's another thing. Here's an interesting fact. You know, I have doctors in the family um, and they said, you know, it would probably help if Dr. Fauci would actually leave his little little world he's in or office or wherever he is and actually literally go out to a hospital and treat a patient. Dr. Fauci's never treated a patient, if I'm not mistaken on this. So in terms of not really understanding, you know, just like really what's going on, this has the appearance of like, dude, really, you got to get out of your office, you know, because, yeah. you know, he's really can't he really can't sit there and answer a sitting U.S. senator who holds an M.D. degree also who actually exactly. gets out of the office and goes and talks to people. And, and you know, uh, Rand Paul goes everywhere. So, you know, and he does practice. Also, you make a great point. All right. It's almost it, it's almost the end of the show. So we've got to get to our meme of the day.
Now here, Bruce, we have a man reading a very important book called How to Pretend to be Indoctrinated Enough So You Can Stay Out of the Re-Education Camps in about 20 seconds. Bruce, uh, what's your comment? <laughs> oh, my God. My comment is that, listen, uh, it's probably where some of our folks making decisions right now in this administration that out of the comment book. So, you know, listen, I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, getting back to Dr. Fauci, this is probably where he's getting his information. This is probably why he honestly couldn't answer the question to Rand Paul. Where I get it. Great point. Great point. <laughs> all right, Bruce Lavelle, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And thanks to all of you for being here. And thanks to everyone here at your new home for real news, Real America's Voice. Hug your children. Love your God. Go boldly now and live the truth. Good night. Uh,